0: From the backstretch at Saratoga, this is Loose on the Lead with Steve Bick and Seth Merrill. Loose on the Lead is sponsored by... Good morning. Welcome to Loose on the Lead. Sunday morning, the day after, up here at Saratoga, we are live from our Claire court set. And again, another nice day. Yesterday, we were predicting a nice day. It actually did sprinkle a couple of times during the afternoon. But as I said during the handicapper's report, nobody moved from their apron location. When you get set in on Travers Day, you don't move. So despite some sprinkles, everybody had a, a very nice day, great racing, and uh it was, it was a really good Travers day, and I think weather-wise we're pretty similar today. We're overcast, but man, it is comfortable, and nice, good card today. The low rollers contest should be a lot of fun and also a lot of fun here on Loose on the Lead because, again, we are joined via Zoom by my uh, co-host and partner Steve Bick. He's out in Vegas for the National Handicapping Championship. Steve, good morning.
1: Seth, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Hope uh,
0: everybody had a fun Travers day. I like the shirt. I like the two-tone shirt. Why thank you. <laughs> uh, and, and update us a little bit on the National uh, Handicapping Championship so far. I was in the, uh, the media charity event yesterday, uh, third to last race. I had the 25 to one shot at Del Mar that I thought was going to win down the whole stretch. Wound up second, which helped me with a place price. So I wound up 14th in the field of 58, but had that horse won, I wouldn't have won the contest, but had that horse won, there was a couple other people that also used it, but I would have wound up, I think, third in the group, but I still felt pretty good with the 14th place finish. But update us uh, so far in the first uh, two days of the uh, NHC.
1: Well, we, we're down to the semifinal today uh, that will utilize uh, 22 races. It's a little bit of a different the, – the, the semifinal is morphed a little bit now it's open, you pick 10 races, and that'll determine the 10 players that make it to the final table. And then from there, they're going to utilize uh, Monmouth, uh, 10th, uh, Saratoga, 9th and 10th, two, uh, three from Del and one from Golden Gate. I- I yesterday was a, was a very unusual day, it seemed, uh, for, for uh, a National Horse Players Championship. There were some prices early. Uh, in the first few races in the in the eastern uh, tracks, and then it got to be a kind of a grinded out day where players, uh, I think, had to adjust and make a decision to go after middle prices, whether they be four to ones, six to ones. There was a stretch of, of, of about a forty-five minutes where I think there were six straight seven to one winners, you know, horses that that paid fifteen dollars and six to place. You know, those are very useful, and as a result, the board was pretty compact. There was not a lot of volatile movement, and that went all the way to the end because when we got to Golden Gate and Del Mar for the late races, the the fields were not enormous, and so there were few opportunities really to poach you know, anything that was going to be big, you know, big leaps uh, in the standings. The cut uh, the cut number that players had to get to ended up being $172, which is pretty typical. And it, it, there were players that were taking favorites, which is unusual to just try to get to that point by the time we hit that nightcap at Del Mar. The leaders, Justin Mustari, who comes from a, a, a big family of horse players that, that are very familiar on the contest circuit. And uh, that, that's quite a visual. Um, you, you might be able to make out Justin Mustari at 283. Jose Arias, who uh, was your 2014 winner, I believe. 20, I mean, 2014, Yeah, 2014, I think. He has a chance to become the first two-time winner uh, Chris Goodall, the son of Richard and Sally Goodall. Uh, and, again, uh, a long line of, of players. Uh, Mustari is 28. Uh, I'm not even sure. Goodall, Goodall can't be more than more than that. Uh, so we've got some young players. Got a nice mix. A uh, few familiar names as you go through that leaderboard. Uh, you also have last year's winner, Tom Goldsmith. He actually has got two uh, tickets to play today to try to get to the final table. Uh, there's a there's a young guy from New England uh, named AJ Benton, who I got to know last year. In fact, he was the first player I interviewed uh, before the contest even started. He's sitting 20th. He's a he's uh, a real blue collar guy, and I'm kind of kind of, uh, rooting for, for AJ. Uh, he's here with his father, his father qualified this year. Uh, so a a lot of nice stories as always. Uh, we look down the leaderboard and I want to mention one, I know at least one local, uh, story again, a youngster. I think, I think Kenny Live and Good is 21 and he, uh, Seth, as you as you know, as you right away recognize, uh, he's the backup caller at, at Saratoga Harness. Uh, so he made it uh, late. He was he was kind of flirting with the cut line, and he made it. Uh, so it's been a it's been a great three days. The Thursday was the play-in, uh, Friday and Saturday uh, your your day one, day two, and now we're down to 56 players that will distill to 10, and by uh, about 8:30 tonight. Uh, will crown a, a champion seven hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to the winner and the uh, laurels as horse player of the year
0: uh great to hear the local the young local guys you say the substitute announcer over at saratoga harness being a player but i'm glad you mentioned aj benton we uh, met him last year because just before the pandemic we were out there with the you know the normal February. Uh, march time frame last year in in 2020 we met aj and interviewed him out there and he talked about i'm always in saratoga for the meet and i said we'll have you on and so last year given that he didn't have credentials he couldn't come on the set but we went across the street to the horseshoe and interviewed him last year so i'm thrilled Uh, i'm glad to see aj back in the mix uh again uh this year uh just before we get to saratoga yesterday and your thoughts on some of the stakes action alert people if they want to follow and as you say it'll it'll end later on this evening after racing ends here so if people want to join in and, and listen to you this afternoon and it's always a lot of fun uh, your coverage of the uh, nhc how can people uh, check in do they go to stevebick.com
1: they go to stevebick.com it's your it's your one-stop shopping for everything horse racing related uh yeah two o'clock to about nine it looks like uh today because there's an hour and a half break between the semifinal determining the final table and the start of the final table. So uh, we'll it looks like another uh, seven hours. My voice uh, you know, uh, really was in trouble on Friday and I made it to the end yesterday. But uh, after this, we'll we'll try to rest it up uh, for four hours and uh, we'll go uh, about uh, two to nine. Today, you go to stevebick.com. Uh, you see the listen live link, and of course, you can listen to the show anytime that way as well. Uh, two o'clock today, we'll get started.
0: Well, we wish you the best. I know you don't have Pete out there to help out this year either, so wish you the best. A little honey uh, and and whatnot, a little honey and lemon uh, maybe, and we'll try to keep it uh, limited uh, this morning. But do want to get some of your thoughts on some of the stakes action yesterday, and we'll kind of work our way backwards. From the Travers, I I told the guys to pull up the entire replay of the Travers, so we'll watch them come out of the gate. Essential Quality is going to be the number two horse. Midnight Bourbon kind of grabs the lead early, the number one horse. Running third eventually is number five, Miles D. Three is Keep Me In Mind. Seven is King Fury. Six is Maska Parade. Four is Dynamic One, so you can follow along as we go around the track. But a lot of people were kind of anticipating Midnight Bourbon, maybe the one to catch, and if he was able to go out there and kind of lope along along on the lead, maybe tough to reel in. Well, that's kind of the way it played out, and so you had to think on the backstretch, Midnight Bourbon is a real threat, 24 and change, 48 and change, 114 and change, 138. So he was not blazing out there on the front end and had a little daylight between himself and – Essential quality, but essential quality did what he always does. They got to the far turn. He started to grind it down, grind it it down, and then it was a nice ding-dong battle through the stretch with a neck margin at the end for the uh, chalky favorite, essential quality over Midnight Bourbon. A 107, a solid 107 buyer figure, and a final time of uh, 201.96. A very good performance that I think you have to assume solidified and probably made it almost impossible for anyone to pass essential quality for the three-year-old championship your thoughts on yesterday's Travers?
1: yeah it, it, he's three-year-old champ uh the race there was really only one scenario in this race which was midnight bourbon uh, going to the lead and uh was would he be able to withstand essential quality i mean it, it, if Essential Quality was going to lose, we said this yesterday, actually, during the uh, Travers was one of the mandatory races, that if Essential Quality was going to lose, the only scenario that was really envisionable was Midnight Bourbon wiring the field. And he, he came very close to doing that. He, he's he's terrific, and I, I hope he gets his big win. But Essential Quality, uh, and, and Louis Saez, of course, uh, a big part of the story, Saez uh, is just... Operating at a level that you see jockeys get into these zones, uh, you know, he, he flew to Charlestown uh, on Friday afternoon uh, near the end of the Saratoga card. He, he wins a eight hundred thousand dollar race, uh, the Charlestown Classic. There, uh, it, it, an art collector, he's just he's just absolutely making all the right choices and. Uh, you know the the key to this. People are saying, "Oh, the, the 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 fractions." He was low. You know, he was he was not on an easy lead. Midnight Bourbon Santana did get him a breather in the third quarter, but that's the only that's the only easy quarter. This is ten furlongs. So yes, he got an easy third quarter breather, uh, and then they came home fast. Th- this was a very high quality. Three-year-old classic performance from the top two finishers, and there's nothing that nothing else really to say. Uh, essential quality is nearly unbeaten. He he is not flashy. He's not brilliant. He is just efficient and hard trying, and he dispatches foes. And it took a race like the Derby with you know with 19 other horses uh, to you know, make it a little more difficult. Some people will say, Oh, you know, the one time he had adversity, but please stop with that. I, I, he got beat in the Derby. Lots of horse, lots of great horses got beaten the Derby. This is a really, really nice horse. And I, I had a conversation actually, I forget who brought it up on the show uh, yesterday. Saying uh, is essential quality going to be your, your breeders cup classic favorite. And depending on what Nick's go does, uh, he may be. Uh, he'll be close to it. And uh, he, he's as good a three-year-old in terms of just a solid start-after-start start performance as we've had in a little bit. Uh, and Midnight Bourbon uh, is, is waiting in the wings to win a big race. Uh, it, it might come at a shorter distance, you know maybe clark stephen foster style but uh this was this was the culmination of a day where we had a lot of close exciting races that didn't necessarily produce prices but it doesn't they don't always have to it, it, sometimes it's nice to let to see the stars uh you know perform at their best and that's what this was
0: and i said earlier i uh, as the day ended, I was walking around and meeting people and, and we were chatting. And as I walked out after, we're, you, know, you were
1: being you were being Seth Merrow. You, you, were, you were just you were being Seth.
0: You were you were reading
1: and meeting. And I, glad I, met
0: I, you. I actually that, that kind of was my day yesterday. But uh, uh, then afterwards, when I walked out, I left the press box at about eight. And it was kind of in the gloaming. It was starting to get dark. But I met some people uh, there as well. And the consensus was it was hard to make money. But you couldn't argue it was a fabulous day of racing. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, the, the performances were great. We, I, I think we probably saw at least three champions, Essential Quality, Latruska, and I think Gamine probably as well. But we'll hit on those races as we go along. Let's get to uh, the Sword Dancer stretch on the Sword Dancer. We'll watch him come down the stretch. I was surprised they made Goofo the favorite, but he lived up to it. He looked good here, separates himself, but a nice r- late run from Japan, uh, the... Aiden O'Brien uh, runner with Ryan Moore on board. And I said during the handicapping report, about three or four races earlier, I looked out of the press box and there was a jockey in a sport coat and otherwise his complete jockey outfit taking a walk around the entire turf course. And it was Ryan Moore. And it almost paid off here as, again, uh, Japan comes up a neck short. But it was a nice performance in the Sword Dancer by Goofal. What were your thoughts?
1: My thought was that Ryan Moore got himself Schooled by Joel Rosario, <laughs> you, you got to be kidding! I mean, it, it, with with this, Japan probably is best in this race by a wide margin. And Rosario not only is riding Gufo, but he's got Japan pinned down inside. And by the time Gufo had to go to grab the lead. He, rosario had taken care of not just Gufo, but he had taken care of japan and, and ryan moore ryan moore got embarrassed a little bit by joel rosario here that was a thing of beauty yeah uh, i got i got to admit I, I that part I, I mean i was amazed what as i saw it unfold i said moore's gonna get absolutely stymied here and he did
0: yeah uh Definitely Gufo got the jump and, as they say, held on the chart margin of uh, a neck. Uh, again, going back to uh, the uh, Travers, that was a 107 buyer, a 104 for Gufo, and a 101 for Latruska. And, again, I would have to think this solidified a, uh, an Eclipse Award as well. There's still plenty of year left, but, boy, it's hard to get past Latruska. And we're going to watch the stretch run here. She's going to be the number six horse. And about the 8th ball, 16th poll, you think, is she going to get swallowed up? But she's just too good. Number 6, Latruska wins. Number 3, Bonnie South second. Number f- 5, Royal f- Flag third. And uh, Dunbar Road runs fourth. But Latruska, uh, now the Apple Blossom, the Fips, the Florida Lee, and the personal ensign at Saratoga. It's just been a phenomenal season. Your thoughts on the personal ensign?
1: Uh She was unbelievable. She was unbelievable. I, I-, I was shocked that... She was getting bet to the point of three to five, and I thought that was insane. Uh, I, I, I could not believe that that she kept repelling each challenge. I, I, it, it, in a lot of ways, I mean, it, it, it's tough to it's tough to de- define which performance was, was the best of the day. In a lot of ways, I think this was uh, she. She's unbelievable, just unbelievable. Yeah. I, 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 it, there's, there's, I mean, everybody that will kept running at her, uh, just kept repelling them. I, 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 I thought at any point, uh, she could, she could get, you know, headed, and it just wasn't happening. Uh, I, you know, I, from a betting standpoint, I, I, I had Royal Flag used equally uh with uh with Latruska uh, uh, and that would have been a you know that would have juiced up at least uh... you know the, the pick 5 uh th- there was a lot of that actually all day long uh that that Christopher horse and midnight bourbon i mean they you know it, it, the the short prices kept prevailing but uh there there were moments where you thought all right we're going to we're going to get a price home here Uh, And then it just didn't happen. Truska, I I was just astounded. At how good she is how good she was yesterday
0: very impressive and now let's go back to the two sprints which for me were the highlight of the day i thought they were both just ding dong great races we'll watch the jerkins first uh this is for the three-year-olds sprinting that's a, i like the three-year-olds on turf i talk about that a lot but over the past few years this three-year-old sprinters on dirt has been a lot of fun as well and this came down to the two as expected life is good who went off as the favorite uh, by a little bit over Jackie's Warrior. Jackie's Warrior kind of cuts the corner. The number two horse, Jackie's Warrior, holding off uh, Life is Good, who had the early lead and looked to live up to what we saw earlier as they came into the far turn and ran around the turn. But Jackie's Warrior just proved, man, he is some kind of horse. Coming off the 102 buyer in the Amsterdam last time, gets a solid 107 yesterday in the Jerkins. Your thoughts? Uh,
1: My my thought is that Mike Smith uh, – Mike Smith uh, is probably on a, was on an overnight flight back to Delta. I, I don't know what. I, 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 I didn't really have. I used Jackie's warrior. Life is good and following C equally. I, I don't know what what he was doing. I mean, how do you? How are you out in the forepath
0: now? Yeah.
1: Recognized that the rail was strong. It, it, it's the ninth race of the day, and, and you thought that that was off the turn, that that was your best place to be. I, I mean, I didn't hear any quotes or anything from from Todd Fletcher uh, and the uh, China Horse slash our team, but I, I'd, I'd be apoplectic to have cost yourself a grade one in that setting. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say, and and I mean, as for Rosario, I mean Rosario just it, Louis Saez and, and Joel Rosario, they they deserved all the accolades from, from yesterday. Uh, Rosario knew exactly you know where to be and where to stay, and, and that's how he be Life is good in here, period.
0: I I might uh, that that was that was
1: I thought it was embarrassing.
0: Uh, interesting. It, 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 it was a little surprising he was out that wide, left things o- open there uh, on the inside. But it was a nice performance uh, from the the winner certainly, and uh, the winner also <laughs> trained uh, by Steve Asmussen, who trained Yao Pan. And we'll take a look at the forego now, uh, which was uh, not just one of the highlights of the day; it'll be one of the highlights of the year. I went down, and we'll see it a little bit later. I went down and caught some video in the winner's circle afterwards, and Steve Asmussen said. I'm going to be watching this replay again and again. And I'm guessing a lot of fans, we're watching them come down the stretch here, look for the uh, moment when Forenzi Fire gets a little upset and goes over and tries to take a chunk out. Man, this is crazy. Uh, so as I say, I think a lot of fans also watched the replay numerous times uh, last night. Yalpan over forenzy Fire, your thoughts on the forego.
1: Well, regarding the savaging, it, it's not unusual, I mean it happens you know it happens on a pretty regular basis uh, you'll see a horse turn their head and 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 like one time <laughs> I've never seen such a prolonged sustained attempt <laughs> to savage and not just that i mean he 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 grabs a hold of the bridle. <laughs> And, and, and is yanking on the, I mean, it was, it, it was astounding. And it, it brought, now, that picture is, okay, that's the picture of, of yesterday. Put up the picture from three years ago when it was done to him. That's the gallant Bob from 2018 that I immediately reached for and put on Twitter. That's where she told me to go. Stretch, <laughs> and... Where she told me to go, savaged forense Fire. So, I, I thought it was the craziest. That was the first thing I thought of. Is like, wait a minute, this is too crazy. That now he's doing it uh, here to <laughs> to Yopin. Uh, It just shows you how competitive they are. It, it, it's it's terrific from that standpoint. And Yapin Yappen was great. I, I you know, forense Fire. I thought mind control. Was, was the more likely of the older horses to contend uh, with Yopin, and I used that chancet prominently, and, and I was trying to get him in as a price, and, and actually had a nice try out of it. But uh, Ferenczi Fire ran a, a, a huge race in here, um, and Yopin uh, might be on track to uh, get Asmussen another uh Sprinter of the Year title. Whether it's Yapin or or, or Japanese Warrior, uh, they better look out for the horse on the West Coast the one that won the Pat O'Brien too, Ginobili, who uh, has turned into a tiger with blinkers at uh, Del Mar. Uh, uh, some good sprint
0: action yesterday. Yeah, CZ Rocket ran second out there. So uh, the, as you say, good sprint action, coast to coast. A 103 for Yappin. Steve, before we let you go, just want to pull up uh, Gamine and the Ballerina. Uh, she was spectacular again at a uh, chalky price. She winds up with a one oh four buyer. Gamine's going to be the number one horse. Lake Avenue a nice second at eighteen to one for Bill Mott. Junior Alvarado CC runs third, but Gamine for the second year in the row uh, impresses up here at Saratoga.
1: Well, this this is a more important win than you think, um, because for her <clears throat> her three wins so far this year, she has really not been as as Brilliant, and and even here, she was more workmanlike and efficient, but she went fast. Uh, that's her first triple-digit figure of the year as a four-year-old. So uh, I'm sure Baffert's happy with this, you know. And and this was the horse that that Baffert indicated he specifically wanted to be able to run at Saratoga this summer, and you know why they went to court. Uh, because he—that's all he talked about—was Gamine and the ballerina. So you knew this was important, and uh, she—you know—she came through. And here's you know Johnny, who you know by some definitions has not had the greatest summer, and yet uh, a, another another Grade One win for him. Uh, he's he's had an okay summer from that standpoint, and actually uh, he's up to twelve percent in terms of his wins. Uh, maybe by the maybe by next Monday. Uh, it, it won't seem like it was a, it was an off year, uh, for Johnny V up here. Uh, but, uh, you know, Gamine, uh, and of course, Valladera in the Boston spot too. Uh, and, uh, and actually Jack Christopher, the first time starter yeah. uh, in the race, 92 buyer for him. There, there was a lot of stars on display yesterday and, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of times that's satisfying in itself. Uh, people say we don't have enough stars and uh, so forth. Well, uh, you you had a, a galaxy of them yesterday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Steve, you're a star for us uh, here on loose on the lead. We appreciate you jumping in to uh, zoom with us next week, uh, closing week. You'll be back live in the meantime. As I say, a little honey, a little lemon, and uh, we will tune in this afternoon to hear you lead us through the finals of the NHC. We appreciate the visit this morning.
1: Thanks a lot. And of course, I'm not. I'm not. A star at the magnitude of America's favorite TV <laughs> pundit. Seth se- se- seventh favorite.
0: Seventh favorite. Seventh favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, say hello to Tina and get home safe.
1: Tina's Tina's at home in Salem watching. Hey baby.
0: Oh, okay. So she, she just took the California trip. She didn't she didn't make it oh, to no. Vegas.
1: Oh no no. I no, thought you she... guys would be
0: catching some shows or something.
1: She was Vegas Barbie. No, no, she was Vegas oh, okay. Barbie
0: All, right, uh, all, right, all for, right, for about 72 hours yeah, very, and then headed back. Uh, very good. All right. You travel safe. Back. We'll see you next week. Steve Bick out in Vegas. Again, tune in, stevebick.com uh, this afternoon. It's a lot of fun to listen to that. And, it, it, the, again, the last few races will be after we wrap up here. So uh, check it out and uh, listen and see if uh, maybe we get some locals in the mix as well. We'll take a break when we come back. We will continue with Sunday morning, day after loose on the lead. Stay tuned. Welcome to Albany County, an incredible destination to live, work, and play with easy connections to more than a dozen cities from our vibrant modern airport. It's a short trip downtown to a hive of culture and amusement. From world-class shows at the newly renovated Times Union Center to reliving the past at the New York State Museum. From outdoor recreation to shopping to nightlife, Albany County has something for everyone. We'll see you soon. Capital OTB is now streaming live on Roku. The RTN Racing Channel on Roku lets you watch OTB TV live through your Roku device or your Amazon Fire Stick, rather than being limited to computers and mobile devices, which means you can now watch OTV live wherever you are. Simply open Roku, scroll to find the RTN Channel, then click on OTV TV. OTB TV on Roku. Try it now. welcome back to loose on the lead on this sunday morning you believe it august 29th man time flew uh, as it always does at saratoga but again a nice day up here uh, if you're headed up i think you will enjoy the uh, afternoon some great racing and whatnot but yesterday a fabulous day and i popped up and down to the winner circle and got a little video pretty much after every race but i just pulled the comments after uh the the more pertinent ones. So we have i don't know six minutes of tape here the two sprints uh the Post-race comments from Steve Asmussen, and obviously there was a post-race press conference after the Travers, so I just got a little bit from Brad Cox as well. So uh, again, winner's circle and post-race press conference comments from some of the stakes action yesterday, Travers Day, right up here at Saratoga.
2: Mind control, chance it towards the rail, doubly blessed on the outside. Mischievous Alex has gained ground down at the rail. Then it is Whitmore and Lexitonian as they hit the furlong marker. Forense Fire and Yopan. The two of them are battling it out here through the stretch. On the outside, Forense Fire. On the inside, it is Yopan. Forenze Fire seemed to savage Yopan there in the stretch and it's going to be Yopan who gets to the wire first. Forenze Fire was right there, the 7 furlongs in one twenty-one and 3.
3: But in the finish just made it that much more dramatic. I will I will watch that replay many a time. Many a time in my future. <laughs> And it's got to be nice to finally you know, get him a great oh, uh, Absolutely. Everybody's always known what a brilliant horse he is. He is the talent that he's shown. And for him to show up today on a stage, beat I think five grade one winners in the race, and, uh, Unbelievably good time. And You've had horses with the Heidelbrots for quite a while, dating back to Posse. I mean, oh, no, the Heidelberg the the, you know, the Texas connection of the Heidelbrots and, and the Astrids. I can't say enough about what they've done for me. My first uh, Grade One winner at Saratoga was with Lady Tack, one of theirs. So uh, it's great to be back in the winter service You've been around a long time. You ever had a race like that? I I I, like that. I I I. To to witness one or to watch a clip of one or to anything, but for in a grade one at Saratoga with the is on the lead, I mean that one that will be memorable.
2: What were you thinking watching it as it transpired? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're honestly,
3: honestly, I watched the racetrack from the apron down the stretch. Nice. I was worried he was going to get Ricardo. I thought he was biting at Ricardo. Watching it live, I mean, there, there's we, we've had some not ideal finishes this year, so we're not there until you get to the wire, you know?
2: They are at the top of the stretch. Life is good. Room on the inside for Jackie's Warrior. And now here he comes. Here comes Jackie's Warrior up the inside to take over the lead from Life is Good. There's an eighth of a mile to the finish. Jackie's Warrior. Life is good. Not done yet on the outside. A sixteenth to the finish. It's Jackie's Warrior. Life is good. The two of them will battle it out to the finish in the Allen Jackets. And it's going to be Jackie's Warrior by a head. Jackie was already clean. He's a very... Uh, comfortable horse. You know I
3: mean he's not half anything, he's just a big fast horse. Joel's got a tremendous amount of confidence in him. And uh, he was traveling nicely. He wasn't pulling against him or anything. They threw up 44 flat, they were rolling right along, they separated from the others and rolled to the wire.
0: Did you was there any concern that maybe this life is good it's just some uh,
3: no there were when uh, Life is Good was training up here, there was concern. You know, I mean, when he was jogging, when he first got up here, there was concern. We know who he is, you know. Uh, obviously, uh, Jackie continues to make us proud.
0: How gutsy is this voice?
3: No, he, he's incredible. I mean, that that's, I think, the thing that you just love about him so much is just his demeanor in which he goes about everything that he does, you know. It's just, we breezed uh, <laughs> Yao Pan and Jackie together. 12, 13 days ago, and the way that they handled it and the way that they came back from it and just uh, gives you all kinds of confidence and I think they ran their race and uh, showed their grade one ability against uh, great fields and uh, on Traversville, what could be better.
2: Midnight Bourbon, the leader. Essential quality. And on the outside, Miles D now makes a run. Dynamic one down towards the rail in fourth. Then, keep me in mind, Mass Parade in the clear on the far outside. And King Fury. They are coming for the top of the stretch in the run, Happy Travers. And it is Midnight Bourbon and Essential Quality. And now their heads apart as they head for home with the roar of the Saratoga crowd. It is Essential Quality on the outside of Midnight Bourbon. The two of them are right together. Together inside the eighth pole essential quality narrowly midnight bourbon continues the battle on they're coming down for the finish it is essential quality and midnight bourbon essential quality has won the run happy Travers he won the Belmont with class he wins the run happy Travers with style
4: um the true champion that's what it says um that whole group from last year um essential quality Uh, High-Ride Charlie, Uh, keep me in mind they're all been very durable horses that perform well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and transfer their form at three, um, which says a lot about this crop and um, you know very uh very fortunate to be in this position, very happy for Sheikh Mohammed and Hogan off the team, Jimmy Bell, Dan Price, Um, it's a tremendous organization that's uh, put so much into the game and uh, uh, this horse has rewarded them in a big way and um, just a fantastic horse and you know world-class operation that they have a world-class horse here he's a fantastic animal brad for him to you know do what he's done is one thing but for him to do it against such a what appears to be a really stellar crop of three-year-olds you know what does that say about how good this horse is he, He's once again he's he's a very good colt just uh you know just very fortunate to ha- have uh, the honor to train him and uh, he's uh He's just a very sound, sturdy, very intelligent horse that's, uh, you know, brings it every time. And, you know, Jimmy is just talking about, you know, observing him there on the track after the race. I mean, most as if he didn't even know he just run and just never really, um, never really um, exhausted or fatigued or just a uh, tremendous horse
0: had brad Coxon, brian had him in earlier this week obviously uh pre-travers i talked to him a little earlier uh in the meet uh before the uh the Jim dandy and so i uh, appreciate brad giving us the time and uh again uh, that was the post-race press conference and the two uh winner circle comments from steve asmussen it was it was interesting given that those were two of the really fun races of the day the savaging event and the one that ended up a ding-dong finish and then a ding-dong finish in the other sprint also. And it was great to hear, Steve. You know, I said, I'm going to watch that replay again and again. As I think, as I noted earlier, probably a lot of fans already have over the past, uh, you know, 12 hours or so. All right, we will uh, head into, as we wrap up the show, I'll come back on a little bit later and officially wrap it up. But last week we showed part one of the Steve Bick uh, profile. A couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago now, before Steve left town, just set a couple chairs out here in Clare Court, And I thought, you know, let's take an opportunity to, to interview uh you i said to steve and tell people how he got into the radio side of things and he's got the great uh, dt uh forum derby trail forum and i think more of today is going to talk about dt stables and how he got into the horse racing side of the game which is kind of interesting because not only does the dt stable own horses but steve's now bred a few horses as well and so as a pundit he brings all that knowledge to uh his work on the radio as well whereas he has now become involved in really all facets of the game so again part two of our interview with my co-host steve bick very special place and i will ask you to relate the most special part i would think of the barbecue because of course your beautiful wife tina was at a mutual window uh before you each knew each other she's a teacher most of the year and she would spend her summers up here, out in those mutual windows, out by the barbecue. Uh, talk about meeting Tina, and then wind, winding up married to your lovely wife. Uh, That—that's—that's uh, that's the story.
1: I, she uh, was working in the uh, the pavilion; they call that. And I started to bet with her on a regular basis. She could tell you a funny story about you know drawing me to her window uh but then from that point uh 2000, that's 2006 7 uh you know started to inquire and and uh, wonder about getting together maybe a you know dinner or something out and she was actually the first year she was shy and and she was actually in the process of getting a divorce so then it was the next summer really that was 2006 2007 we we I, I sensed more of a, an openness to uh, to going out. Uh, we ended up uh, together, and we kind of eloped uh, ten years ago. In fact, September. It'll, we'll, we'll be married ten years. We went up to uh, Alexandria Bay. Went up to the St. Lawrence Seaway, and uh, on my mother's birthday. Uh, my mother got to know her uh, before my mother died, and uh, adored her. My mother. My mother had not approved a single prospective wife uh that i had ever you know for years and years she basically chased them a lot of them away but but tina she but tina she liked and and got the seal of approval so i i I did not expect at the at the age of at that point uh you know 50 uh to 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 get married i thought uh i i thought that that train had Long past the station.
0: Well, you scored. It was another win at the racetrack for you. I, that, the biggest win ever, actually. <laughs> I,
1: it's, uh, the, the biggest IRS ticket ever.
0: And let's get back to the radio show because, uh, as you mentioned, you started with J.J. Gracie. And I remember he, he was one of the first radio shows that was on the Internet. He and his girlfriend were doing it from Florida, and you could pull it on the Internet. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember when you showed up on the show and the kind of the transition – there talk a little bit about how once you took over in Sirius and xm and how it has evolved over the years
1: it you know it it was all kind of fortuitous i think uh, john parada himself john had heard them john was living down in south florida in fort lauderdale john heard them i think on that there was local florida radio yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that jj and and sam anita st clair JJ and Sam were doing a, a talking horses show. And John had the relationship with Steve Cohen at WFAN and, and Steve through Francesa actually because John, and, and this all lynches back to, to Siaka because John had horses with Gary, Gary had horses for uh mike francesa and i forget who his partner was at the time on the horses but anyway gary was training gary introduced john parada uh to mike francesa and it it, you know it all kind of plays together (laughs) um but uh john heard them on south florida radio went to steve cohen at fan and said are you interested in a horse racing network Uh, and john called it the thoroughbred racing radio network Uh, and they said yeah absolutely so the next thing you know there's a four to seven show right at the beginning of of of, uh, sirius's uh development july of 2005. and so it's one of the oldest it's one of the oldest shows on the network uh, you know, dating to the network's origins. And, you know, I, you know, I told you my, how I got plugged in, which was kind of crazy. And that was it. I mean, they've been committed to racing in one way or another, really from the start. Uh, they, you know, they added, they've added all different things. At one point, uh, H, uh, HRTV or TVG's uh, audio feed, yeah. Uh, they've added, they added HRRN stuff as well. I mean, they, there's, there's been a commitment to racing from Sirius XM that has really been good and it predates the television networks. They, and it's all Steve Cohen deserves a ton of the credit because he likes the game. He's not, you know, he comes up here. He'll come up for a weekend. In fact, usually comes up around Alabama for two or three days. They've been phenomenal. Uh, and they've been unflagging uh, in, in their support of racing, to their credit. And, and I think they've had a loyal subscription base because of it. Uh, that, you know, I, I, whenever we get our, whenever our channel, we haven't had a channel change in years. But whenever we would get a channel change, people would go crazy. Uh, and that also included the show being moved. You know, they called me at one point and they said, you know, we're having a situation and we need the channel for, uh, they made some commitment to uh, some, some radio simulcasting that they were doing with ESPN and whatnot. And they said, we don't have room for the four to seven. And I said to them, well, I said, how about a morning show? They said, oh, would you do a morning show? I said, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I gotta tell you, to me, it's it, it, yeah. it's been a godsend in a lot of ways. Because, you know, the four to seven, we would just basically take races and get some interviews and do some handicapping, which is all fun and great. But it's not what the show evolved into by force of, of content. Didn't I didn't have those radio, you know, simulcast races to rely on as filler. So the show basically became... What I call it now, uh, Racing's news magazine, daily, you know, a today show yeah. kind of a format where, you know, we're ripped from today's headlines, all the news and titles, uh, but all the different kinds of things that anybody in the industry would be interested in. And that is a diverse set of topics, whether it's horse health, whether it's aftercare, whether it's retraining. Uh, Sales, obviously, pedigree work, you know, virtually everything you can imagine folded in with the previews and the recaps and the handicapping. Uh, it, It really, I think, has made the show what I'd like to think it is, you know, which is a comprehensive, you know, catch-all for for the industry for the game
0: and you do a great job and I for folks who know that we uh co-host together i'm over on the front side here at saratoga get a lot of feedback on you and the radio show people appreciate it i've done the radio show with you live here you're here some mornings as well during the season and people will walk by and they really like the show so you've been doing a great job obviously and a lot of great feedback from racing fans and the industry as well so you've done a great job there but let people know who may not be aware you do it from your house up in greenwich and also give a little bit of a tip of the cap to your tech guy casey
1: Well, Casey G was hired Uh, at some point. We needed an engineer down in Florida. Uh, The original uh, engineer was leaving and Casey answered an ad. John hired him. I mean, it was still at the point where we were in the main, the original studio on 17th Street Causeway uh, in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, And then at the point where John kind of walked away, Casey started his own uh, production studio and use the show as, as sort of the anchor uh, product. He's got three. He's got three sound studios that he works out of that uh, he's built from nothing. Uh, now in Margate, uh, and uh, yeah, Casey's. We've been together. I, I mean, the show is. The show dates back to 2005. I'm going to guess Casey signed on in in 2007, maybe maybe even 2006. So 15, really the 15 years that it, the show's had my name on it, he's, we've been together. Uh, and, and he does an amazing job because he, he does more than what a typical, you know, typically there's a sound engineer that's just doing the dials. You know, he's calling the guests uh, and the regulars and setting them up and then he's taking the breaks. I mean, then he and I are communicating, I'm, I'm you know, texting back and forth with him. Uh, it, it, it's a bare bones. I mean, it, it really is a, a very simple uh, operation. And I can now, you know, one thing that's happened is I can plug into any internet service line. So it's made the show easy to take on the road. And we've done more of that. Uh, and, and I love doing that. Uh, you know, We've done more of that in the last seven, five, six years. I, I don't even know how long it's been since we didn't have to rely on ISDN lines, the old copper wire lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so now, I mean, we'll we'll broadcast from Florida, from uh, New Orleans, from Arkansas, from California. We'll go basically anywhere. Vegas, the NHC. Uh, we pretty much go everywhere. Uh, down you know, downstate, uh, the Triple Crown event. Uh, I
0: can go anywhere. As uh, I say, uh, though, you on a daily basis you're in your house because every once yeah. in a while there'll be a commercial break that's a little long and you're downstairs getting a ups package so that'll
1: happen uh we'll also you know we'll also we're also you know at the mercy frankly of of the cable service the company too i mean they'll they, they have they have hiccups that are that, that just as frustrating for anybody i mean when your internet when your internet service goes down well actually kc down down comcast down in florida and spectrum up here it it, it affects us too and it's frustrating i mean but frankly it, it it's cheaper than it used to be it used to be used to cost 300 500 a month just for that for that service but for casey and i now it's probably i don't know I mean, it's less than 100 it's probably 70 80 a month by comparison uh and and the flexibility so if there's the occasional service hiccup it, it's worth it for everything else that the benefit has been uh but yeah i'm sitting at my desk uh, at, at home uh, in, in the office there i've got i've got my library of, of industry materials at my disposal and uh, it it it's 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 much simpler than it sounds i think i, I think it comes off as you know some uh, some highly engineered and technical uh, wizardry but it, it it's really me with you know with a handful of reference books
0: and again you do a great job and everybody appreciates it including industry people as well but before we let you go I want to touch on another branch of uh... the game that you've gotten into with dt stables gary gary siak as some of your horses you mentioned chuck simon uh, early on talk about getting into the ownership side of the game now you're breeding as well and relate to how that helps you on the the radio side giving you a new perspective into the game
1: well uh, I thought it was important at, at a certain point, the, the idea actually, the idea came from a friend, uh, Matt Duggar on Derby Trail. Matt said, let's let's claim a horse. OK, so next thing you know, we're, we're gathering five hundred dollars per head. And uh, I, I, I had uh, talked to Chuck and, and Chuck said, all right, I'll I'll handle the, you know, the expenses, um, you know, but I'll take I'll take the, you know, the whatever earnings. And so we raised 25000 at $500 a clip, no expenses, you know, sort of the club concept. Yeah, yeah. And Chuck, uh, we started to scout for a horse. And Chuck called me and he said, you know, there's a horse in the February sale, the Fasig, uh horse of racing age sale that might really, that might be okay. She's, she's got a decent record. She's a four-year-old and... Like, yeah, maybe she might have been a three-year-old. And they put her in this sale. So I said, who is it? He said, hip, whatever. She said, she's uh, she's a came home out of a Bates Motel mare. OK. So I go and look at the catalog. And the mare is mysterious mom. And I couldn't believe it. The, the partnership group that I had gotten to know was Pont Street Stables. Had gotten friendly with uh, Dr. John Cheros and with Stanley Ettinger and a number of their partners Vince uh, and Maureen. And Mysterious Mall was their horse. Oh. And so here's her, I think her second or third foal. I came home and Chuck picks her out of a catalog. I thought this is too weird. This is just too bizarre. And and Phil and I, my buddy Phil Melnick, we had gone and and we had seen Mysterious Mile run, including when she won down at Laurel. She won the Martha Washington. And we were there. It just was really strange to me that, that this is the horse that Chuck picks out. So we get her in the sale for twenty-three thousand, and she was very nice and chuck starts training on her and, and we ran her first we ran her in a turf race at keeneland and she didn't run well and chuck said i want to put her back on the dirt so we came back we ran to churchill she runs second we go to arlington and she ran second again and these are an allowance uh, I, th- I think maybe a 50 there was a 50 non-two And then then we tried her in a couple of allowance races just as getting beat. Uh, McPeak beat us uh, narrowly at Churchill. Uh, Neil Howard beat us with a good mare at uh, Arlington. Then we came here and she went off favored at Saratoga early in that summer. And Calvin Burrell actually rode her. And she was leading at the head of the stretch, and then faded, ended up fourth, uh, and and then started to have a problem. And and she actually was having a problem the whole time, that developed. She she had a a growth in the back of her heel, and then when she got up here, suddenly it started to blossom, started to get big, and it became a real issue, and it almost killed her actually later on. Uh, But it got us started, and 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 she came so close. She didn't win for us, which was too bad. Uh, and then after losing a year, we started to bring her back. She came this close to making it all the way back, and then she blew a suspensory, which was really too bad. But uh, it, it got us going. We ended up then claiming uh, a, a Chester House mayor named Kicking and Screaming, and she got us our first win, uh, which was really exciting, and it came at Arlington. Uh, I talked to John Dooley about it on Friday, actually. <laughs> And anyway, we, then we started, we started doing different things. We bought some yearlings, we bought uh, some two-year-old training types, uh, you know, different things, bought a weanling that ended up, basically developed a horse that became Ausable Chasm, which was our first win here. And I, I thought it was important. I mean, we did it for fun to begin with, but then with my involvement with the show, I thought it was very important that we experience and and have skin in the game and, you know, be able to talk to the experiences that everybody that has a stakeholder role goes through. And and that includes buying horses at auction and breeding horses. And it's come with all of the pitfalls that all of that involves and the disappointments, you know, the injuries and frankly, uh, the death of foals, which uh, is excruciating it's unlike any other pain that you'll you'll have. I suppose the only thing worse would be losing a horse in action, uh, a fatality in race. But you know, we had a beautiful. I mean, I wanted a disco rico in the worst way. We rescued a horse that that actually that had, Gary had campaigned, my Nina Rose, and she delivered a, a an incredible disco rico that. Uh, that ended up getting rotococcus. So all the things that, that you could possibly experience, we've, we've been through. And so when we talk about it on the radio, it, it's, it's not speculative, it's from experience. And I, and I, I think that is very valuable, uh, even as frustrating as it's been. And you know we've had, mod- I don't know, we've had 35 wins maybe in, in 10, 12, whatever it is, 14 years. But the satisfaction has been we've brought literally a couple hundred people into the game in an introductory manner. And it includes people that have gone on you know, to, own, to own 100% and to own in bigger partnership groups. Uh, Ed Kelly is a guy that got involved with us for $500 and ultimately ended up involved in West Point and was in Always Dreaming. And I I, and I from from what I recall and from what Ed has told me later on, I mean, I came across the infield, uh, you know, after Always Dreaming won the Derby. And when Ed came across for the photo, I was one of the first people that he actually saw on the other side. And, and, And having him thank me for getting him involved, I mean, that is a satisfaction that's very different. From you know winning races, we've won two races here. We've won races really, uh, I think, in a dozen different racetracks. And we've won at, at Turfway. We've won at Philly, uh, Delaware, uh, Gulfstream, uh, Finger Lakes, all three New York tracks, obviously. So it, it, it there, there's so many different ways to take pleasure in the game. Uh, you know, we've won with A Homebred, with Ausable, uh, uh and with Carlisle Bell, uh, the daughter of Osable chasm. So second generation ostensibly. Uh, it, it, there's so many different things that the game provides uh, as, as an entree uh, to, to a thrill that is different from any other kinds of fandom. Thrills, and whether you experience it strictly as a better, uh, and and you know, cashing tickets. I mean, that's a, a certain thrill. Uh, then there's you know the, the subsequent ways to get involved. Uh, it it's unlike anything else.
0: And I agree completely. It gives you a unique perspective as a host talking about the game to have been through all facets of the game. I think that's an important aspect that makes the show a little bit special as well. But I thought we would take some time, just introduce people to the background and how you got into the radio side of things and go over a little of the Derby Trail Forum, your ownership of the DT Stables. Appreciate the uh, time and uh, good luck going forward. I appreciate it and uh, thank
1: everybody that's that tunes in uh, to the the radio show that uh, enjoys us together on on television can't thank you enough uh, it provided uh, plenty of of publicity for for me when i was you know when i was starting out you would put stuff uh you know on equi daily and uh and and most of all thank you for putting up with my hijinks uh, for years and years uh, because you know as i say i'm a, on the radio invariably i'm a straight man for all kinds of people including Andy serling and and so forth but uh, when we're together on television you're the straight man i get to i get the tee off and and uh, and get to act like uh, like a maniac so
0: you're, you're all you're, makes you're it a fun. great sport all makes it fun steve thanks a lot thanks seth So there it was, uh, part one last week, part two this week, the history of Bick. Uh, again, I thought it would be interesting just to go over uh, two weeks out of town. Uh, we take that a couple of weeks back, right out here in Court, but go over how we got into the radio game and how we got onto the horse racing side of things. Now a little bit of breeding as well and much, much more. The history of Bick, part two uh, this morning. A little bit before that, we had some uh, comments from the winner's circle, and as I say, it was fun to hear uh, Steve Asmussen kind of commenting on the savaging uh, incident in the race and said, I'm going to watch that replay a-, a bunch of times. We all have, uh, Steve. So uh, you're right in the ballpark there. And live from Vegas, our friend Steve Bick started the show via Zoom. And, again, you can uh, listen to him cover the National Handicapping Championship. If you go to SteveBick.com, there's a listen live button, and uh, he will be covering all the action out there with some local folks involved. And he, uh, As he mentioned, I pulled up the leaderboard. And yes, sitting uh, 20th, A.J. Benton who we had talked to last year when we were out there live uh, in that February to March period. Um, but then he was at Saratoga last summer as well, and we caught up with him also. As he, I want to say we talked to him <coughs> Excuse me, last year. He was maybe the day one or the day two leader. Um, so he goes into today uh, sitting 20th. So root for uh, one of our show uh, guests in the past, A.J. Benton, some locals uh, involved as well up there, always rooting for the locals to do nicely out at uh, Vegas in the National Handicapping Championship. Next year, I think we're going to be more in the, the more proper February to March kind of an area for the NHC, and uh, perhaps we will be back out covering it as well because it's always been a lot of fun. Obviously, this year, with the overlap on Travers weekend, that was not going to happen, but you can catch up uh, to the action uh, listening to Bick today. All right, going to wrap it up. Don't forget low rollers on the front side Sundays and Thursdays, so you still have a few opportunities left. And as I say, if you're not a contest person, this is a great way to get in. I guarantee you'll have fun. Everybody who has come up to me over the past few years and said, you know, I took your advice and played the low rollers has said it is a lot of fun. Uh, You put in $40. They take $10 out for the prize pool, and you get a card to play with that has $30 loaded on. During the afternoon, you make five $2 win-place-and-show bets. The money you accumulate on the card is yours to keep. But if you wind up at the top, top, uh, it depends on how many players are in the contest. But the top five, seven, uh, you can win a decent little amount of money to uh, make your day very profitable, lucrative, and fun. Low rollers contest over there. And as I say, if you then get into contest, we have the tourney bets contest uh, that are available pretty regularly via CapitalOTB.com, so you can check those out as well. Speaking of CapitalOTB today, Clubhouse Racebook, it's a pick four and a match bet promotion. If you uh, choose the racebook as your venue to watch the races today, you can take advantage of those extras as well down there. 7-Eleven Central Avenue in Albany. Here at the racetrack again, seems very similar to yesterday in that little bit overcast, but boy, temperature why the humidity's out? Temperature very comfortable and a great day of racing and a nice card and maybe hopefully some more uh, uh, some opportunities to make a little more money than yesterday. Yesterday was very chalky certainly. But you cannot argue it was a fabulous, fabulous day of racing. Hopefully you had a chance to come up or watch it here on the network and enjoy it because uh, those are are races that will clearly play into uh, the year-end championships. Uh, Gamine and Essential Quality, Latruska, all really fabulous. And then uh, just some other oddities and fun that made it a very special afternoon. So hopefully you had a great time. Still seven days of racing left, including today and next week's. Six-day week with Labor Day winding up the season. But we'll, we will wind up today's edition of Loose on the Lead. And the morning programming for this week. Uh, we'll be back, obviously, on Wednesday morning, kicking things off. On Wednesday, 9 a.m., the handicappers aboard 10 a.m., Racing Across America. I believe our colleague Brian Ido back in. I think he hops on the jet plane uh, maybe tomorrow or the next day, gets back up here after his weekend stint down at Golfstream. So we'll look forward to him coming back in Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. And we'll see you then. You're watching OTB TV, a service of Capital Off-Track Betting.